1: Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal.
2: Trunk Podcast. Another week. Hope you guys are well. Thank you for downloading, streaming, and listening to the Eddie Trunk Podcast, which is new every Thursday via podcast1.com and iTunes. It's always free, and we thank our great sponsors. Go to PodcastOne.com to find all the great sponsors of this podcast. Because of them, we can bring you the Eddie Trunk Podcast each week with limited ads at no cost to you. And remember, if you heard a sponsor that you want to try out or forgot a sponsor, want to see a list of them, access them by clicking the Killer Deals button at PodcastOne.com on the Eddie Trunk podcast page. When you go to PodcastOne.com, search my name. And you'll find my podcast page. You'll see the Killer Deals menu. All of my sponsors are there. All the great promo deals. Buy through those links. It is greatly appreciated. Don't forget Amazon. We participate in the Amazon Associates program. And that is an affiliate advertising program. And it's designed to provide a means for me to earn fees by you linking to Amazon.com and affiliated sites through my page. So again, PodcastOne.com, the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Just search it. You'll see it come up. Find my page and click through all those links. We appreciate you doing so. So last week, we had a great conversation with the members of Sticks. Hope you enjoyed that. A lot of good response to that. I mentioned on last week's podcast that I was going to get you that interview with Kevin Cronin and Navario Speedwagon. A few people were asking about, and I had one in the can, and we will indeed get that to you in the coming weeks. But I have something that I wanted to fast track this week because... So many people enjoyed it, so many people wanted to hear it, and so many people asked me to post it. Those that heard it wanted to hear it again, and uh, those that didn't hear it wanted to hear it for the first time. And what I'm talking about is my interview with Nico McBrain of Iron Maiden. Nico appeared in studio with me a week ago yesterday, last Wednesday, prior to Iron Maiden playing their show in Newark at the Prudential Center. As I've told you, most of the interviews you hear on the Eddie Trunk podcast originate on my radio show, which is called Trunk Nation, and it's heard on Sirius XM 106 Volume Every day, Monday to Friday, live, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, replay, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, and on demand on the SiriusXM app. So for those of you with SiriusXM, please join me daily on 106. You'll hear these interviews live as, as they happen, and you can call in as you hear callers during these podcasts. That's where they're coming from. So join me each and every day for Trunk Nation on Sirius XM 106 Volume, which is where these interviews, as I mentioned, originate from. Nico McBrain was a blast. I've had a big history with Nico over the years. He's done my show a lot of times. He's become a good friend over the years. He lives in Florida. When I go to South Florida, I've seen him and hung out with him at various shows, just hanging around. He's come to things I've done in Florida. Just a real good guy. Without question, I think, and I don't mean this as a diss to anybody in Iron Maiden, but I think it's safe to say he is by far the biggest personality in Iron Maiden. Most of those guys are fairly quiet and reserved, and Nico is not. He's a big, loud, fun, boisterous guy with a great personality, and that's why he's so much fun to do interviews with. This is a real revealing interview. There's talk about potentially someday the end of Iron Maiden and how they'd want to end. Nico is suffering an injury on his arm. Iron Maiden currently out on tour playing as we speak. And you can uh, hear him talk a little bit about the current tour that they're out there doing in the U.S. We talk about his uh, his alcohol problems. He is now sober and felt that he was at one point in his life an alcoholic and needed to stop drinking. Huge change for him because he was quite the partier as well. So there's a lot of real interesting stuff in this interview, including a hysterical story about keith moon throwing him out of the who's dressing room i mean it's a, there's a wealth of great stuff in this and i think you guys are going to enjoy it and i got so many people saying hey we missed it when it aired on your radio show so i wanted to fast track this especially with iron maiden currently being out on tour in the u.s so you guys could hear it as fresh as possible again hear this stuff live as it happens by joining me every day on Trunk Nation on Sirius XM 106 volume. Once again, the show is live 2 to 4 Eastern, replays 9 to 11 Eastern each and every day with weekend replays as well. So this interview is real long because originally Nico said he was only going to be on with me and be able to have about 20 minutes to be on with me because he had to get out to the venue because Iron Maiden played that night. But as you're about to hear, he stayed with me the entire show and did a nearly two-hour interview, most of which you will hear coming up in a matter of minutes. Later that night, I did go out to the Iron Maiden show in Newark, New Jersey, had a chance to see the band. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good set. thought Bruce Dickinson sounded really, really good, especially given all that he's been through. Could have done with maybe one or two less new songs and one or two more classics. But I was really excited that they did things like Wrathchild, Children of the Damned, closing with Wasted Years, I thought was great. Power Slave, the song, was very cool. They did The Trooper. I'm fine with not hearing Run to the Hills. I, I thought it was a real good set. I really enjoyed it. Blood Brothers, one of my favorites, is one of the encores from the Brave New World record. So, Maiden are out there for a bit longer. They're doing unbelievable business, as they always do, and you guys should absolutely check them out. The only thing I don't get and never did get about Iron Maiden is Yannick Gare's dancing routine. I will never get it. I don't understand how it happens in a band like Iron Maiden. I'm sure he's a very nice man and a very talented man, but his stage performance is, I think, quite out of character and a little over the top for Iron Maiden, spinning the guitar and dancing and pirouetting and all that stuff. I don't even know how his guitar could be turned on in the mix with some of the things he does with it on stage, but it's been going on for years and they seem to be cool with it. So be it. Uh, Iron Maiden, one of the biggest bands globally still, and it's always good to have them on tour, always good to have them doing their thing. So you will hear from their drummer, Nico McBrain, in a funny, revealing, really good interview A lot of fun. You're really going to enjoy this. All the Maiden fans around the world, get ready for nearly two hours with Nico coming up on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. Now, as usual, keep up with everything I have going on at Eddie Trunk on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And, of course, eddietrunk.com is the official online home. Music news updated daily. Email me through the site. The Trunk Report, merch store, signed copies of my books. It's all for you on eddietrunk.com. Let's get a quick break here. We'll get back to, uh, we'll get into it. A nice long interview with Nico coming up right after this.
1: The Eddie Trunk Podcast.
2: Hey, so when it comes to protecting the ones you love, I'm sure we can all agree nothing is more important than their safety. Your family, your kids, your pets, whatever. You absolutely want to ensure their safety. And Simply Safe helps protect your loved ones. So you know that they are always safe. Each Simply Safe system is a secure arsenal expertly engineered to protect each access point to your home. You can set up the system yourself in under an hour. How cool is that? And you can save hundreds on installation fees by doing that. Simply Safe is designed so that you can easily blanket your home in professional protection 24 7 monitoring. That's just $14.99 a month with no hidden fees, no gotchas. That's it $14.99 a month. No long term contracts with Simply Safe. They will never lock you in because they earn your business every single day. To find out why millions of Americans trust Simply Safe to protect their loved ones, go to simplysafe.com. That's s i m p l i s a f e dot com slash dad d a d simplysafe.com slash dad now. If you order today, you'll get an extra ten percent off, plus a free keychain remote and. Free shipping. Go now to simplysafe.com/slash dad.
0: The Best in Paranormal Talk Radio is here on Podcast One as part of the Jericho Network. Beyond the Darkness examines all aspects of the supernatural every day, Monday through Friday. And now, the same team behind Beyond the Darkness bring you the most frighteningly real-life dramas on True Crime Tuesday. Subscribe now by visiting darknessradio.com. Then, click the True Crime Tuesday banner. Again, that's True Crime Tuesday. Visit darknessradio.com and click the True Crime Tuesday banner. Subscribe now.
1: This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast.
2: All right, here we go. Nico McBrain for nearly two hours. Just as Iron Maiden were about to kick off the third show of their current tour here in America in support of the Book of Souls. Enjoy, everybody. Happy history. belated oh, birthday yeah. to
3: you, man. I've got my bus pass coming in the in the mail <laughs> in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, I can't believe I'm I'm the age I am. I don't feel the age that I am. Do you mind no. saying the age oh, you are? I'm sixty five. I'm at retirement age. And you know, I said to Harry the other week, Do I get a gold watch? And he said no. <laughs> okay. First of all, we're not retiring. So, uh, I suppose I, I if we if I was, I might get a gold watch out of it. Well, first. what do
2: you got in you're you're 65 years old, yeah. but you've got 30 what 33
3: years in Maiden? Oh no, more than that, man. 35. We- you
2: came in. I joined in,
3: in 82. What's that making? 80.
2: Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do your math. You head. should get a watch.
3: Did You leave school early or something. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I,
2: that's why I do this. <laughs> <laughs> you should get a watch. 35. I yeah. You should get a watch with a little I Eddie head got on one it.
3: 25. Yeah, and you know, Bruce has got these beautiful um, uh, Ed Force One watches he worked on yeah. last year, and there was a limited run of them. I think 666. What? hey who would have guessed that <laughs> um you know i don't know he, he and i thought at least i'd get one of those yeah. off of bruce for like hey nick yeah 30 plus years <laughs> no such luck nothing I, it's hard enough trying to get a tour jacket out of this lot you know <laughs> well you've got those killer golf
2: club bags i know you gave our buddy mike piazza I some did. of those clubs yeah. he loves yeah. those things
3: oh yeah we we yeah but those are things that i got got made for the band i had, had some had covers made with Eddie on. And yeah. I had a golf bag made by a company called Building. They went out of business years ago. Um so I've still got a couple uh of old ones uh, in my garage. But, um, you yeah, still playing got, much? You still getting out well, on the course? not because of this. Yeah, I was going to um, ask
2: you, you got a brace on your hand, which is yes. ne- you, a brace on Nico has a brace on I his do. wrist and forearm, which is never a good thing to see for a no, drummer who not. has a gig tonight. And just started a tour. <laughs>
3: so elaborate on that. Okay. So here's the scoop. <laughs> uh, uh, about five weeks before we went on, uh, uh, we started rehearsals. We, we went to Europe as you know, prior to the U S tour, we, we did a, uh, uh, five German shows And a a full British tour, which we we hadn't done a full British tour since 2010, 2011. So it was good to get back to that. But we rehearsed uh, for about three and a half weeks prior to the tour. Now, about two or three weeks prior to me leaving to come over to Europe, I went to Puerto Rico with my chum, Mitch, uh, who you know. Sure, Mitch, sure. my 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 partner in the the In the the ribs. In the ribs, yeah. So we go over. (laughs) So I'm out on the golf course, right? This is a golf injury, boys and girls, okay, just so you know. So I'm out on the golf course. I've got 130 yards into the, uh, a gale off of the off of the ocean into this par five. I'm laying two. I'm thinking, right, I'll get a seven iron. I'll, I'll choke down on a seven iron, and and kind of uh, and try and fly it in low, below the wind. And I chunked it, and I basically fired. Uh, my left hip turned, and I came down so hard, the ball popped in the water, which was three feet away from me. <laughs> the divot went further than the golf ball. So I'm like, and I'm really. I felt it in my wrist, and I thought, oh, let's drop another one, do that again. But I did it again. If you know what I mean, I I didn't want to do that again. I just wanted to reload the ball and get it on the green. Right. So I did exactly the same thing twice in a row. And uh, and the second time, I went, oh, I think I've done something to my wrist. So anyway, we carried on the round. We played the next day, and then two days, it started to really get sore. And um, I went to see a guy, a physio, uh, a sports physio in Nashville, and he he x-rayed it and he said, oh, you it looks like you've pulled a ligament in your triangular tendon mm. which is on right below the wrist uh, whatnot." So anyway, I carried on, I iced it, I've got this brace on it um, and uh, I then had an MRI in London a couple of weeks ago which confirmed I have a pulled ligament. So, uh, the guy said, you need rest. I said, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Says, I play an Iron you, Maiden. Have you got any chance to sort of like not use it and play? No, definitely no golf, he said. Uh, just just rest it up, right? I said, well, I've got about two days before I do the first did shot. Did he know <laughs> who you were and what you did for a living? Uh, after I told him, yeah. Oh, he didn't he went, know before. And he just sat there and he went, oh. Okay, Dr. Cohen, his name was in London. Great guy. Um, so what I do is I, I ice it. Uh, pretty regularly, and I've got this Max freeze I put on it before the show. And norm- normally, I'll get about two thirds through the show, and then it starts to really get a bit-, bit sore. It doesn't. Fortunately, it doesn't seize up, which is great.
2: So hasn't, just-
3: it hasn't it in- hasn't hinged your playing. Well, it, it it has because i when it gets really sore, I can't. um The boys and girls on the radio. If you had television, you'd be watching this, but. That show so, got canceled. I used to have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did, didn't you? That's why I do this oh, now. I was I supposed to be on that uh, Yeah, you, you were. Not s- again. No,
2: no, we, you're not going do it. Anyway. <laughs> we had Steve on for an hour. Had we had a great time yeah, with Steve. Yeah, I, I was like, Nick yeah. right in Florida. Let's get him I mean, up here. Up for
3: crying out, you man. know,
2: real quick, I got to yeah. tell you, the last time you came on my radio show, Rod, Which with, right? Rod Smallwood, your manager and a friend of mine, sat with yeah. you. We did. And when I told people you were coming back on today, I saw a bunch of comments and they said, the interview with Rod and Nico. <laughs> is among the greatest radio
3: we ever heard in our life. Thank you so much, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, that was it. So, um, yeah, um, the wrist scenario is I just have to change the way. I, I'm now not using the wrist. I'm using more of my my full arm, mm. which then causes a problem with tennis elbow. So, uh, yeah, maybe as has something do with being 64. <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to 65,
2: Nick. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it's it's okay. Some nights it's better than others, but um, we just fight through the pain. You know, this is, uh, this is what we've got to do. Do you guys, do you
2: or other guys in the band, and I know Bruce just went through a lot, and mm-hmm. he, he was on with me when the album came out, when Book of Souls came yeah. out. We did an hour oh, and yes, a half. Oh,
3: the, 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 the night on September 4th. Yeah, we did
2: it in, in Times
3: Square. We actually did it with an audience. in I think the I spoke with you actually, from the restaurant, because we had to play uh, uh, a special party in a restaurant. Yes. when we spoke yes. on the phone. Yes, you yeah. did
2: your thing at the restaurant, yeah.
3: and I had Bruce here at, at right. the Hard Rock. We did it just yes. for the launch
2: of the record. Yeah. But um, do you do well, – and, of course, well, I want to touch on how Bruce is doing, but beyond Bruce's uh, recent issues with cancer mm-hmm. – are anybody in Maiden do, do you guys have because you it's a physical band it's a heavy thing right. you're playing drums has do, does a lot of guys are there a lot of aches and pains do people have a lot of issues <laughs> I just went to see oh. I just went to see Metallica a couple weeks right. ago right and I'm sitting back in their dressing room and the guys come in and you know who's got a masseuse with them who's got a yoga teacher with them <laughs> I, and they're you know they're, this, they're in their early 50s I said God what are you guys doing oh, here you
3: bunch of wussies
2: uh, we uh, <laughs> we <laughs> well, do, we got. Every, you, you, does everybody have little no, things after no, all these
3: no. years? Well, okay, first of all, we got Pete Lowcrantz out with us, and Pete, you know, Big Pete, the Swede. Uh Pete joined us in '85 as a a, a massage therapist. Okay. Uh, when I had I had a, a split vertebrae in my back from a football match. Uh, it's a long story. I'll make it even longer. Uh, anyway, he. I met this guy through. Um, Thomas Johansson, who was our promoter, actually still EMA in uh, Scandinavia, his big promoter out there. And he was his personal therapist. And I brought Pete in and said to Steve, we've got to take this guy on the road. I mean, you, with the playing football, we had our own, you know, I made an FC. Um, so Pete is still with us and he looks after Steve. Steve's got a very... Um, I don't know the, techni- the the medical term for his – he's got vertebrae issues in his back. Now, I, I put it down to Steve Harris' – you know, that bass is, is an original Fender. Heavy. From, it's, it's, it must weigh 20 pounds at least. And he moves and, around well, and he runs jumps around off the and jumps off the yeah, risers was, and foot on the monitor. Yeah, I said, here, Harry, you know, your, your back issues ain't... He said, oh, it's a football injuries, you know, from playing soccer. And I said, "That's nothing to do with that. It's that fender base of yours hanging off your bloody shoulder, jumping eight feet off the drum riser in the early days. You know, my drum riser was five or six feet up in the air. Yeah. And he'd leg it from the top. And I said, you only have to flat foot once, don't you? Anyway, so Pete looks after him. Um, Bruce has a massage before the show, but we get people just we pick them up as as we go right um, but here's the deal in the old days it used to be in, after the show you go what kind of drugs you got in your pocket and somebody would say oh I've got a bit of uh, hash or I've got something you know in the old days where people were, were, were doing sort of things we weren't supposed to now it's like what kind of drugs you got in your pocket? Well, I've got some ibuprofen, <laughs> I've got anaadin, I've got five hundred milligrams of dicolax. What do you fancy? You know, so what kind of, what kind all of all cholesterol just, medicine are you on? Just, oh, I'm
2: on Zocor. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: so, no, we, you know, the great thing really is everybody's kept themselves fit. You know, yeah. um, I haven't drank. I, I've just celebrated two years of, of sobriety. Really? Oh, yeah. Good for um, you, man. Congrats. Thank you. Um, nobody does drugs. Uh, Anymore when they don't do any less. (laughs) No, uh, so you know, Maven doesn't
2: strike me as a band unless you hit it well that ever really did a lot of drugs. I mean, maybe a little stuff stuff here and there, but you weren't like Motley Crue or Ozzy or anything, right? Well,
3: we taught Motley Crue all day, no. Uh, but uh, <laughs> they um, yeah, the early days were, were not all of us, there were only a few of us yeah. in the band, but uh, you know, Bruce is super fit, uh, Steve runs god knows how many miles every day, he really looks after himself. Um, Davey uh, swims a lot, Adrian, uh, I don't know what Adrian he goes fishing a lot, yeah, now that's maybe not. I mean, me. I was playing a lot of golf, so I was. I do a lot of walking right. as well, and uh, so we all try and and we've we've all changed our diet as well.
2: And Yannick yeah. runs a lot in a circle on the
3: stage. He yeah. probably puts <laughs> in ten miles in a circle I during think, the show. I think his guitar travels more than he does, actually. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we really do know that uh, you know. And Yannick, uh, as always mentioned in in interviews and in, when we've been talking and you know, because we know we're we're getting long in the tooth as they say right Uh, why do you keep looking at the clock I'm not oh yes you are no and I see somebody uh, walking by the door oh okay Uh, I'm just checking boys and girls All right. no there's people walking past the glass right. and um, Jan's always said you know we'll never become a parody of ourselves and that's a really good um, wise statement because if we don't give it 150 million percent which is what Maiden's always done in a live show scenario of course um we probably wouldn't do it anymore.
2: So, have you thought about that? Have you had that discussion? Because is there? Do you see an end date on Iron no, Maiden?
3: Absolutely so not. So, it's not anything no, imminent. No, 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 no. Um, you know, we're we're basically. <clears throat> The way we work, you know, we, we, we've we got this, the main thing is the Book of Souls tour, the rest of the American tour, another mm-hmm. five weeks of touring. Um, then we put this tour to bed. The the Mayan, as Bruce says at the gigs, you know, we're going to send this one back to the, to the jungle. We won't see this again. Um, and then uh, we'll talk about probably what we're going to do next. There's no plan, but that's always been the way, you know. Sometimes Rod will come up and, Goal there's a two year three year plan this hasn't happened yet um but we no no one's talking about oh you know let's do a farewell tour let's uh, you know right let's knock it on the head right. we all want it. we all still have this drive and the passion for the music and for playing on stage with one another notice i said playing on stage with one another because mm-hmm. if you don't say to you on stage people get the wrong idea um <laughs> so uh yeah we we've um uh, for me personally, I've always said to Steve and the guys, uh, you know, if I can't cut it, cut the mustard, uh, and then I'll I'll step down and let someone else take over, you know. Uh, but thank you, praise praise the Lord, I've still got my health, and you know, I'm still doing what I do pretty well, uh, not like I used to. Uh, plus with the damaged wrist that does make it a little bit of a hindrance but uh, right. I still love it and the boys love it the audiences love what we do And uh, but, but I, yeah. I, I think that it's a I
2: think the point you make about knowing when to say when yeah is really important, because I think there's a lot of bands that stay too long at the party mm. and damage their legacy, mm. and you go to see them, it's like, oh, jeez, there's one maybe one original guy there, and he's oh, not yeah. as good as he used to be, and he can't sing like he used to be, and he mm. can't move. like It's not the energy they used to have. I'd much rather see, I've said this many times, the bands that I love... And respectfully mm. than to go too long one band that's done it is Rush mm-hmm. Rush did it a, a couple of years ago and they said they we're going to play this retrospective and they mm. didn't even play it as a farewell card they said and we're that- probably done touring Neil doesn't want to tour anymore that's right, yeah. and they 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 kind of slowly went away now getty and alex may do some stuff again mm. but they realized that that was the time so yeah. every band realizes it's their time it's the bands that don't know their time yeah. and stay too long and i think to me tarnish what you remembered them yeah. as if yeah. you stay
3: too it, long it, it, i totally agree and i want you to drop that as the mouse for the keyboard. i word. uh i gotta be honest that that that's that's how yeah i feel like that as well you know you see these bands you go oh, maybe they should have just done it up and Left it, hung, left it hung up. Right, you know. Uh, for us though, we we just love what we do, and um, just being on the stage together, doing and yeah, you know, we have so much fun. I mean, it's never a chore, and that as well. I think if it becomes oh gosh, I've got another tour to do, yeah, you know, you know mm. don't really feel like it, don't do it. You know, I mean, we know financially certain bands get together because they've been offered a a fairly good deal to go back together go out and do a you know a two month three month jaunting around the world and they can make some money but for us it's never been about that of course we have sat and we've all been you know blessed with a great life and and been able to have this longevity and an
2: unbelievable global fan base exactly that
3: is just any band would kill for oh my gosh you know you you hear a lot of bands say oh we've got the best fans in the world and I'm glad I'm glad they feel that but I know for sure 100% i may have the best fans in yeah all. i would Without probably agree
2: with you as as <laughs> as an as a uh objective observer observer you know somebody yeah. who sees all bands and and i'm and honestly i would i would probably agree with that globally i i've said this before that any band would kill to have what you have it doesn't matter mm. about airplay i'll never forget when uh not this record the previous record came out i was talking to rod and i said yeah you know i've been playing been playing the record a lot on my radio shows and he said to me he goes oh fuck man i go what he goes you're messing up our marketing plan. He said, Nobody <laughs> plays Iron Maiden on the radio. Would you stop that? He, said, we don't no. want, he goes, Yeah, we don't want you to ruin our, our marketing. We we never get played. I said, Yeah, I know, but yeah. So so but to not not to be able to to have to kowtow to all of that. Like mm. you you do you do interviews with the people you want to do interviews mm-hmm. with. You don't have to force anything, you don't have to push anything. The fans are just there no matter what. Yeah. And it's it's a remarkable thing. We have to take a break, we'll come back sure. more with Nico McBrain coming up. We've got some people that would love to say hello to you. They will grab a few calls. Maiden is playing tonight. I'm going to finally see the show tonight. First time I'm catching it. I missed you guys last time through. What's that? Did you buy a ticket? Yeah, I did. You on did? the street. It, yeah. The guy in the front. <laughs> he said he's a friend of Nicko's. He was selling tickets. <laughs> for on, a fiver. Were... <laughs> He said Nick needs to pay for these doctor bills that he has now that he's exactly. 65. He's scalping his own tickets on 7th Avenue.
3: That's a good idea, actually.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there was a coach for a Super Bowl team in football a few years ago that oh. got caught selling his allotment of Super Bowl he tickets. He didn't. He had somebody selling them in the stadium. He got caught. Mike Almost. Tice, Sweet. he was the coach of the was Vikings. He really? Yeah.
3: What a cheeky bugger. Yeah. Oh, a, well.
2: Nico's gears are turning. Oh, no. You need me to stand out front of the Prudential <laughs> Centre tonight? <laughs> yeah. I'll come with you. I might get a extra few pubs. Nico McRae, I never heard of him. These are 75 <laughs>
3: each. Try <laughs> an autograph in 200. <laughs>
2: <laughs> See? Now you're thinking. Let's take a break. We'll come back with more
1: with Nick. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast.
2: Well, anybody that buys a car, you want to feel comfortable that you're getting a fair price, right? I mean, everybody does. And to do that, you need pricing context. You need that information that empowers you to feel confident. And with True Car, you'll see what other people in your local market paid for the car you want. So that's about as empowering as it gets, Right. And from there you can connect with a local TrueCar certified dealer and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Using TrueCar you can easily find the car you want and then TrueCar will show you what others in your area paid for the car you want and now you know what a fair price is so you can feel confident. And there's that word again, confident. Once you register you'll see real pricing on actual inventory. This is competitive pricing offered to you only by a True car certified dealer for an actual vehicle on their lot. It's pricing you'll see before going to a dealership so you can feel confident when you show up. With TrueCar, you can connect with a local certified dealer of your choosing. So you can enjoy a quick, easy buying experience, an experience, by the way, that has TrueCar users saving an average of over $3,000 off MSRP. So when you're ready to buy, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Absolutely, you'd want to do that. Who doesn't love confidence? Some features, they're not available in all states. Be sure to visit TrueCar.
1: Here's an interesting fact for you. There are nearly one million new books published in the U.S. alone every year. One million. So if you like to read, how do you choose what you're going to read? Well, that's where Fully Booked by Kirkus Reviews comes in. You see, Kirkus has been one of the top book review publications for over 80 years. They do a deep dive on thousands of titles every year, including interviewing best-selling authors and telling you what might be the hot new release before everyone else knows. So figure out what your next read is going to be. Download fully booked right now on the Podcast One app at Apple Podcasts or at podcast1.com. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast.
2: It's great to have my good friend, Mr. Nicol McBrain of Iron Maiden here in the studio as Maiden are uh, just getting started on the last and uh, latest leg of the Book of Souls tour. Yes. Doing a proper U.S. run finally.
3: We are, yes. Good afternoon, boys and girls. Good evening if you listen to it again. <laughs> and uh, online, poo-poo. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, mate. It's, uh, yeah, we came over, I think last year we played maybe seven shows. We took in a couple in... In Canada, yeah, you're always flying, flying. You got everywhere. the jet. You're yeah. One minute you're in Brazil, one minute you're in New like, York, one minute it's just like you know. I, I I had no idea. It was like, where are we? What day is it? I can't even imagine. You know, what time zone are we in? <laughs> uh, it was it was quite a, a brutal onslaught of the. Uh, of the senses of yeah. you know, people saying, Oh man, it must have been great having your own 747. Yes, it was great having our own 747, but it was no joyride. Do you me. guys
2: have beds and stuff in no. there? No, <laughs> just regular seats.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Do you get the exit row at oh, least, Nico? I, I had the exit <laughs> row. Good, yes, I did. <laughs> Funnily enough, I was in the bubble and I had the exit row. I did. We had uh, the, the seating configuration of that plane, was uh, it was uh, originally an Air France 747, and it was just all all business, there was no first class in it. And it was the old sort of seats that don't recline all the way. They're like, you know. You, Just dangled. Dangle of the angle. Yeah. And there was no uncomfortable seat in the world. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we only did maybe five really long flights. But the great thing about doing it like as a charter, it wasn't a commercial, uh, you know, air aeroplane right. research. It was our chartered flight. We could fly uh from LA when we went from LA to Japan. We went during the day. Now most flights into continental transatlantic are overnight. Either because if they're right, going, they want if the going time they, difference yeah. so you wake up there yeah, the next exactly. morning. Right. So uh, we were fortunate in that respect that uh, we could fly during it, we'd leave it 2. When you hours, wanted but, to. Yeah, leave it yeah. 2 and fly for 12 hours and do what you did when you got there. But, um, yeah, so that that part of the, uh, the Book of Souls last year, we, I think we did about seven cities in America, maybe a few more, a couple of double-ups. Um, so we decided, <clears throat> excuse me, because we hadn't done a full American tour for a number of years, right. plus the British tour that we hadn't done in, in seven years, six, seven years, we, it would be nice to top this off with an actual full American tour, which uh, I think we're down to have, We've done three shows already, and uh, at uh, PN, is it PNC tonight? Oh, no, tonight's no, that's, Prudential that's Center, isn't it? Pam, PNC is in New Jersey, New- but that's the
2: outdoor amphitheater. Oh, where,
3: where are we playing there tonight? May, your, Prudential, Prudential Center.
2: <laughs> Which is in Newark. It's
3: terrible, isn't it?
2: I don't think you guys have ever played there before. It's a newer newer arena. Yeah, maybe... Well, not that... Yeah, but I don't think you've ever played Mm -hmm. it. It's literally from here uh seven ten miles uh through oh, the that through takes the tunnel. two hours to get there then well depending upon the time <laughs> yeah but it's it's very close uh, it's right by the airport yeah and uh it's it's a newer a newer arena i don't know if you guys have ever been in there before but i know the fans here in the u.s very excited that you guys are finally doing a tour yeah, where you're you're doing to. a run of dates and mm-hmm. a string of dates and a couple quick more things from me before i, I let a few callers get on here um How is Bruce? Because one of the things that I think is great, and I'm taking this as a very positive sign, because when the album came out, I did an hour and a half with Bruce here, and we had a great conversation. And at that point, he didn't know how he was going to hold up. He didn't know how he would react to being on the road with the treatment and the cancer and everything he went through. And I got to tell you, what's been encouraging to me is, since you guys have been out on tour for Book of Souls, there hasn't been one it's like a non-factor it's like it never even happened so i'm assuming that's a good thing
3: oh with uh, yeah absolutely eddie so he um he obviously through the treatment he had his main concern was saliva glands he kind of lost a a lot of the function in percentage percentile of of his so his mouth was was getting dry he was worried about yeah dry mouth so um what we did was to overcome that we've got certain areas on the stage that are disguised where he's got water bottles in them
2: Water bottles?
3: Water water bottles so he can have a quick you know hydrate his mouth uh, but what happened was the more he started singing the more he could deal with that. And, and to be very honest with you, I think his, his singing is stronger now than it's ever been. I mean, that album, the vocals he put on Book of Souls, which yeah. is frighteningly good, and that was with a golf ball-sized tumour on the back of his tongue. Uh, okay, so after all this wonderful, not wonderful treatment, it's, it's the worst thing in the world to have that chemo and radiology and stuff. And uh, he, he the, the thing that amazed me about Bruce was that he... He he bounced back so quickly. I mean, the doctor said first week of May he went to see his his oncologist and they were going to say how he was doing and was it in relapse and and or was it in remission? Uh, and they got the good news, but they said now the problem with your body is it's going to be fighting all the stuff that has been going on with it for the last two or three months right it's been poisoned yeah so uh, but the doc said a year (laughs) Bruce has gone no I'll be done we'll be ready at the end of the you know uh, at the end of uh, uh, to start rehearsals in January so he came back after seven months uh, of, of of just relaxing and taking it easy and doing what he do he's went on uh uh, supplements and stuff like that and he's really looked after himself he really studied it and he's come back and i'll never forget the first show was at fort lauderdale i think it was the 24th of february last year Mm -hmm. and i i he's up above um if anyone hasn't seen the show i'm going to give it away there's a cauldron bubbling and he's he's behind it and he sings here is the soul of a man excuse me i, I know i'm the drummer <laughs> all right behave yourself <laughs> they don't so, put a mic back there with no, help. <laughs> no. so i'm sitting ready to go on stage uh underneath where he's he's right above me mm-hmm. and the first thing i noticed when he sang was the power with which he sang so i'm hearing him Oh, naturel I've got my monitors on, but they're not very—they're not loud for that part, you know. I mean, it's—I'm not sitting in front of them, so I'm not right. really hearing them. Right. And every night I sit there, I get literally—I get a tingle in my back, down the—you know that down the spine vibe. Sure. And when I hear him, because I'm actually right underneath him, and he just belts it out. And I, you know, sometimes he, sometimes he—he he runs out of steam, uh, but then. You look at the way he runs around the stage. Yeah. You know, some nights he'll sing off mic a little bit. And we've had a few few people say, oh, we couldn't hear his vocals on that particular song or something. But he, he's pacing himself. So some nights you might find that. But he is just stunningly, he's my hero. He's one, he's one of the, he, he's 75% of the reason I gave up drinking. Really? Oh, yeah. Just, you know, I was sitting on a plane coming back from Tampa in, uh, in March uh, like two years ago and uh I'm sorry, in may uh, uh, Memorial Day weekend, I did this, this function over in Tampa, and uh I was on the on a on a lash for four days solid and I didn't remember stuff and I said to Mitch, what happened last night? Said, don't you remember we got up and played with the uh, highway to hill, and I went the band I went, yeah, uh, what did we do did Trouba, yeah, oh, I don't remember it so and then i was I was just I had this uh epiphany hit me and I thought here I am killing myself I was only drinking beer and wine but a lot of it and I said here's my, and I thought to myself here I am killing myself and my brother has just fought throat cancer and he's won that battle which could have taken him mm-hmm. and here's me doing it to myself and I thought crying out loud you know there's that that man's a hero to me and it inspired me that I remember sitting in, so I turned to Mitch and I said, Bruce has just fought cancer and look at the state I'm in. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to do a 30 day cleanse. And it went from there. So I wasn't entirely giving it up forever. I just thought I was stop for 30 days. Or I got to 30 days and I didn't feel much better. And I thought I'll do another 30 days. Uh, but it was really primarily Bruce's uh, illness that Gave me that so did you
2: Sorry. go through any sort of um you know uh recovery did you, did you feel you were you no. were an alcoholic in any way or you just literally yeah, i think you, so. think you were yeah but you yeah. didn't go through any program you just no. you yourself just i went, just boom, stopped that's me
3: i'm done was know? it tough uh, the first the first couple
2: of weeks, yeah. Because I mean, you're a guy. The other thing, too, when yeah. people see you and I've hung with you in Florida and mm-hmm. we've hung out sometimes, I mean, you're the life of the party. Everybody says, hey, Nick, you know, let's have a <laughs> drink. You know, you are. Yeah. I mean, you're that oh, guy. Yeah. You're the big outspoken <laughs> personality in Iron Maiden. Yeah, that's so true. That's that kind of comes with that territory. It, let's it, have one. You yeah,
3: know? yeah. I, I try to be like that, but without – joining in the booze. But the, the worst thing about that, when you don't drink and you see everybody else getting razzed out, is they make a complete prat of themselves. <laughs> and I think to myself, that's what I used to do. I used to be like that. But no, um, he really did inspire me to to, to kind of, like to quit drinking. That's to, amazing, To, to man. quit drinking. Yeah. Were you ever,
2: did you ever feel, were you ever drunk on stage and, no. you, and you felt it impaired your playing? Uh,
3: the only time we actually drank on stage as a band, we've, We used to traditionally drink a pint of Guinness on the encores when we played Dublin. Uh, We didn't do that this year, but um, that was one time where you'd see us having a drink. Uh, We had a tour back in 84 when Coney Hatch uh, were opening for us. I I saw that show. And Fastway. And Fastway. And and Coney Hatch, uh, it was their last show. And I think it might have possibly been St. Louis. I'm not sure. And it was... um, Oh, I forget the bass player's name. Andy Curran. Andy Curran, yeah, dear Andy. It was his birthday, or one of the guys in the band. And we bought him a bunch of champagne. And these were this was the days we were doing sound checks, right? <laughs> so we're at the venue, four in the afternoon, go into their dressing room, it's like six in the evening. Out comes the champagne. All the corks getting popped. Oh, lads, you fancy a, you know, have a have a celebration. Oh, we'll just have one then. So <laughs> we ended up Getting absolutely pie faced, be, before Coneyachs went on stage. So um, when we took the stage, we were all drunk. And I remember we we did rhyme of the ancient mariner. Oh, in those days, fourteen so we, minutes. We, we put we put <laughs> two parasols. A garden, a kitchen, uh, you know, a garden table and two or three chairs, and me, Dave, and Adrian went up and had a glass of wine <laughs> while Steve was doing that. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> the or- and we were making mistakes everywhere, just laughing at one another. And I remember <laughs> I looked at the audience, and there were all these people at the front. Usually, they've got their hands up, giving it all the big and right. These guys are just like this complete look of disdain <laughs> on their face, going, "What the?" Fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> so that was the only time we've ever been drunk on stage in our entire career
2: wow that's amazing well i'm happy for you man I'm, yeah, thanks, I'm, I, that's that's uh yeah. that's quite an accomplishment to be able to just do that and yeah. recognize that yeah. and have does bruce know he was the catalyst oh, oh, for without that doubt yes you've yes. talked to him about I,
3: it i do and uh yeah i i love you know i love all my brothers dearly and uh i i am so amazingly proud of how bruce has has dealt with the adversity of what he went through um and it's it wasn't easy for 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 his family and especially himself you know when that chemo kicked in um and uh we were we were also i think this is one of the reasons why we are the way we are today after having a, a close call of losing one of your brothers and knowing that maybe that would have been it for the musical side but uh, that aside that's really pretty irrelevant just to lose your your, your brother and Somebody you dearly love mm. is bad enough. Yeah, uh, but it was it kind of gave us a lease of life. I think we you, you know you, you question your own mortality when someone's so close to you, and we've all been touched. I think everyone that's listening, more than unlikely, by someone in their family or a friend that's been touched by the big C, you know, yep. and, and 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 had to deal with that, and so it's given us that. I think it's given us an extra drive. Of of motivation, perhaps.
2: Yeah. No, I have, a, I have a I have a extremely close friend of mine that's literally in the hospital right now battling leukemia, and I've had uh, families uh, family members have it. So yeah, it's a big yeah. wake up call. And again, it's something that comes with getting older. You just mentioned, you know, mm. you're, you're 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 65 now, so it's time to be, take a little better care of yourself and and all that sort of stuff. Before I go to the calls, mm. one other one last thing for me: a lot is always made. When Iron Maiden tours, about the set list, yeah, because you've got you've got forty years of music to pull from, Uh, yeah, and everybody's got their favorite eras and periods, and then there's songs Mm -hmm. you have to do, and then there's songs you don't want to do, and new when you have a new record out, as you do now with the Book of Souls, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a good amount of new material that's always played live. Tell me about, when you go out on a tour, the conversations to make the set list. Is it one guy that says, this is what we're doing? Is it a committee? How do you arrive Shit. at what you play? It's a uh, good
3: question. <laughs> You're fighting? Is no. that really how you hurt your wrist? No, absolutely. <laughs> Listen, I think I, I can count on one hand, not the one which got the... Uh, we've probably had, in my career with Maiden, I've probably had four fights not physical fights, but uh, arguments with Steve. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's been so funny. Uh, but um, no, we we don't fight. We, the sort of thing um, that everybody in this band has. Uh, if anyone has any violence tendencies to each other, then it's not it's not going to work. You know. So uh, we we just there for the love of one another, making the music that we do. So who
2: violent. makes the set list though? Who's okay. the fi- gives it the okay. final stand?
3: Yes, going to that. Uh, usually, what happens is Steve. Bruce is is pretty primary uh in coming up with the set lists. Um he he comes up and what'll happen him, him and Steve would talk about the next like say the Book of Souls tour, what we would play off the rap the album, uh what older the the older songs we'll play. Rod has a good input on, input on that as well. Oh no, I think we should do it. No, no, let's do run to the bloody hills again. No, we're not doing that. Oh, why not? So that's the kind of arguments you have, and uh, so it, there is a. The, the primary is Steve, Bruce, and Rod, and then when we're going into rehearsals, we'll get the set list because we have to relearn some of the songs, especially mm. when you know what the new songs are going to be played. You have to go and learn your parts again because as you know we had quite a break between making the album and then touring with it right so um, what then happens is if there's a any one of us has a particular idea of a song we'd like to play we'll phone each other up or phone Steve and Bruce and we'll say hey well, how about doing so and so and so and so and uh, it's never set in stone till we go into a rehearsal room and um, we then may change out songs and that's how it happens it's a very it's kind of dem- democratic but at the end of the day Stephen really would would be the the primary He'll go right well, no we're doing this okay <laughs> <laughs> you don't argue with Harry yeah. Harry's the boss yeah. that's all I'm gonna say yeah. okay I think everybody um, knows that yeah, yeah. but you know you know it's, it's very respectful if somebody has an idea of a song sometimes you know we'll forget a tune you know um like a, when I say forget a song you you know in amongst all the ethos of putting the set list together someone might go yeah hey, let's do Can I Play With Man and everyone goes yes what a great idea what we're going to take out instead of you know we don't want to do too many songs you know because it takes the time of the set list over your allotted time on stage right. so you know something like that could happen where somebody will pull a song out of the air and go you know, some suggested Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner again. In this 15 set, we go, minutes, we got to four songs. we got Red and the Black and the Book of Souls. You sure you want to put Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner? Well, while we're at it, let's do Empire of the Clouds and we'll only do five uh- songs. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> I asked Bruce
2: about when, when Book of Souls came out. I asked him about that song. He said it will never be played live,
3: ever. Um, oh, there's been uh, talk. Well, no, no, I've, I've mentioned to Bruce that not maybe as such, we've made, well, yeah. I mean, you remember John John Lord did that piece with the London Philharmonic yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going to do it live, it would be a one-off in an event. I would like to do it with a full orchestra and whoever in the band would like to play it, you know, which would ideally be all six of us, <laughs> right? Uh, and You and need, go a, you out need and, a few and, people and, on that, and yeah. And do, uh, do an orchestral night. Yeah. Not just the Book of Souls, uh, 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 Empire of the Clouds, but maybe I'd love to do Alexander the Great with an orchestra, just because we've never played it live. What
2: about Blood Brothers with an
3: orchestra? Oh, that would be killing, yeah, right? Get rid of that stupid synthesizer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's not a beyond the realms of a possibility of doing something like that but it might not be a, it might not per se be an Iron Maiden right. tour right a special event a spe- I, I'd love to do something like Is that. there a song
2: in your history of being an Iron Maiden that you fought for to get in the set and, and the, like uh, the one that you really said that's I got, we gotta do this one the one mm. you went to bat the hardest no, for no
3: not really no, no. I, the one I didn't want to play was Where Eagles Dare when I first joined the band because <laughs> I said Harry said we're gonna open with that and I said you what he said we're gonna open with it I said you're having a laugh, I He said, "We've got to show the new boy off." <laughs> right.
2: Well, I mean, that's so, the first song on the first record exactly. you made with the band, and it's such a great opening. We played it earlier when Alex yeah. played that drum lick that opens yes. it. So yeah.
3: I, I don't think there was. Uh, I can't recall one that I went to bat for now. Um, uh, uh, Twenty-two, a case you have you. Uh, that's one you'd like to go to bat I'd, for, yeah. I'd, I'd, I think I'd like to do that. And uh, "Stranger in a Strange Land," I really love that song. Um, but uh, you know, there's so many, as yeah. you say. You know, so going back to that setlist scenario, you know, how do we get from A to B? It's it's like a, it, it's Steve, Bruce, and Rod primarily set that the, the blueprint for it, and then we might amend it as we go. You've got this band ghost opening for you. Yeah. What do you make of those guys? What you
2: have you, you you must have seen them without their costumes on, right? <laughs> yeah. You know who they are? Yeah. Do you know who's in the band and who's no, not?
3: Absolutely not. <laughs> so it could be walking it by, could, it could be a catering it be guy. A of, it could be anybody, <laughs> you know, but uh, I, I I haven't got a chance to go out and see. They they've, they've uh, been been with us on uh Various shows over the years. Uh, they You think they have? They may have. Yeah. They may and may not have. I know, I know have. The, the front geezer. Yeah. There's main the main guy. The main guy. Right. I mean, it's it's you know you can't get away from that voice. You know it's him. But uh, the other guys, well, I'm not sure. Uh, but they're they're very really clandestine. Lovely. They're all clandestine. Yeah. And, and they were at one time all Swedish. I do remember that. They were you mean all they're Swedish. not Swedish anymore? I don't know. Oh, that's right.
2: Because the main guy—that's what's—he changes guys, think, and you don't I even think, know who it is. Uh,
3: yeah, you know, it, it <laughs> could be Fred the, the butcher down the street. You know, as long as he gets the songs right. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they're great. It's good to have them out. Um,
2: interesting band, yeah. interesting concept, and they're definitely an emerging band. People yeah. really like them, and I just find—I've seen them once, and it's interesting because you would think the look and the image they have that they would be this really aggressive metal band yeah but they're actually quite it's going, melodic
3: it's very melodic yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. A interesting so many stuff gone? anyway all
2: right so let's get some calls on for nico because i know the audience is uh rabid to talk to you and loves talking to Lovely. iron maiden and loves talking to nico mcbrain so we're going to give you that opportunity right now let's start north carolina john in north carolina john you've been waiting over an hour to oh say hello goodness. to nico mcbrain so go ahead
4: uh, I'm I, uh, kind of dumbfounded that I'm actually on the air right now, but I'm uh, very excited. I'm taking my son to his first concert in Charlotte and see you and I can't wait to see his eyes turn into sussers as you all come on stage.
3: Oh, bless uh, you.
4: Extremely excited. I've seen you multiple times, and uh, uh, so I can't wait to see the look on his face. But anyway, uh, I know other callers want to get into.
3: No problem. How is old's, how old's most- your boy, John? How, how uh, old he's he? going to be
4: 14. He's going to be 14.
3: 14? He's just lived yep. to his 14 to see his first gig.
4: Well, here's the thing. I wanted this to be a big one for him, and I All live right. in Wilmington, North Carolina, and we're driving over four and a half, five hours to Charlotte. Oh, my goodness.
2: Yeah. So, Nicholas sent so the plane. He's sending Bruce awesome. with the plane He'll come pick <laughs> you up.
4: Oh, well, I'd be fantastic. Oh, <laughs> bless you. Your son, your son
2: will really have a great first show. Oh, yeah. The singer's oh, gonna... oh, well, he's going to have a great first
4: show anyway. Oh, I that's though. brilliant. And of picked uh, him
2: up for it. Uh, so, what's your question, it's, it's, John? What is the most
4: difficult song for you to play live?
3: Uh, currently Power Slave. Why is that because of your injury? No, it's uh, the Power Slave fun enough for the drum track. It's it's uh there's a lot of different um time issues in it. Uh you know, the, the, the there's the drum intro which is if I don't see my drums, I tend to miss them. <laughs> so I have to be lit when I do the intro. <laughs> That's another thing about getting older. The old peepers go first. Yeah, I know. Um, so then you've got the, the the actual groove. There's this. It's it's a, it's just a little complicated. With there's a, there's a backbeat on the on the rhythm on the verses. Then um, when it breaks down in the solo, there's quite a few different. And then. Um, there's like a middle eight section before it kicks into the the, the up-tempo solos and then coming back out of the solos, it has to rile down in time to get back to the, the meter of the verses. And sometimes that... Uh, it, it just getting that right is is a little shady. And it's the, one of the hardest songs for me to play, Funny enough. Thank you for
2: the call, and I hope your son enjoys the show. Yeah, I took my that. son to his first metal show a few weeks ago. I took him to Metallica. Uh-huh. He's nine. Yeah. And, I mean, he, you know, the guys were so nice to me. And Lars gave him his sticks after he played Enter Sandman and cool. put him in the front row and all this stuff. I said to my son when we, come, we were driving home, I said, don't get used to that, because when Daddy's retired, you'll be on StubHub like everybody else buying <laughs> tickets.
3: <laughs> or outside. Or the outside. Blood- where you,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I said you ain't going to be sitting having a tea with Lars and having him oh, hand you drumsticks, really? pal. Get used to that. Let's talk to Harvey, who's in Winnipeg, Canada. Hey, Harvey. Hey,
0: Eddie. Thank you so much
2: for taking my call. Your phone's really scratchy, Harvey, so get get your question out real quick. I just
0: wanted to say I love everything to you do. I've been to your restaurant. I've seen you seven times.
4: And
2: uh, have a great show, and I love you. Thank you, Harvey. Hi, right, Harvey. I'm sorry to be brief, but your phone was super scratchy. He mentions your yeah, restaurant. He did, yeah.
3: And which is a great spot. How's yeah, it doing in there it's in Florida? absolutely top form. Um, we've got it right now. I mean, it's, it's uh, we're going into our eighth year. We celebrated our seventh anniversary. Rock and Roll Ribs. Yeah, Rock and Roll Ribs, Coral Springs. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, it's just sitting where it's supposed to be we've got great staff we've got great management now we've got uh, you know, most people, importantly great food the the food yeah it's fantastic yeah. it really is top form and i mean it's a great ambience in there and people love it um and it's not just metal metal fans that come in no. they, they, you know we get dribs and drabs uh, of, of of you know people with maiden shirts or you know Dio shirts or ufo or you know some metal heads coming in but it's a family restaurant it's great we got marvelous stuff and uh yeah and food. when you're
2: not on tour you're walking around yeah. and you're saying hello to people and i was in there a
3: couple of times when you were there yeah
2: and you're 100 percent right there's older people who have no yeah. idea about this music or anything and they'll they'll come in and just for yep. a great meal and you'll go and say yeah. hi and you're just like any other guy that runs a restaurant that's
3: yeah it's very cool it's uh so come on down boys and girls you never know i might be in there
2: let's say hi to steve who's in michigan hey steve you're on with nico mcbrain hey steve Steve's got his radio up, so he's hearing us back, so we'll come back to him. Oh. Harley in Oklahoma. Go ahead, Harley. Yeah, Eddie, how you doing, buddy? I was on a hold,
0: and, man, I don't know what
2: I was listening to, but I'm glad I got you. And How you doing, Nicko? Oh, our, our hold might be a different channel. It's huh? throwing they're, they're working on it right
4: now. Yeah. Okay. Hello, mate. Right. Sorry hey, about that.
2: Me? We're having some phone issues, Harley. You're Thank right.
3: you. How are you, Harley? What all are you doing?
4: Thanks. Oh, I'm working
3: right now, Nick. Oh, I'm delivering to Walmart some produce. Okay. Get me some wheatgrass. Uh, just... <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. You want some wheatgrass? I'll have to. It. It's oh, it's, yeah, it's man. It's take me, uh, uh, What's your question anyway, for me? I just want to know uh, what your favorite song was on the new album. What's the what? What's, this, what's your favorite song yeah. on the new album? The favorite Oh, that yeah. is
3: a good question. That's a good question. Oh, favorite song. Oh, blimey, they're all great. They're all great. I actually I think it's got to be the title track. Uh that track live for me um is primarily my favorite because when I play that live, the, the intro uh once we get going on it uh it's like I tip me out to a bonum a little bit cashmere kind of groove with the bass drum and snare and, and the offbeat china. Uh so I kind of I can't kind of hit the kit too hard when I get to that bit, because it's like, it's just a thing that I had when I I heard it. I thought, well, that's very Bonham-ish. And uh, I kind of patted myself on the back, so I'm kind of proud of that. And then the solo section, when we, we break down uh, and go into the whole solo, which is really quite fast, but the fast section of the song, uh, uh, and the solos, Adrian's guitar solos in that, and Davies are just uh, off the chart. So, yeah, Book of Souls, mate.
2: Uh, Tim in Texas. Hey, Tim, you're on with Nick on McBrain.
4: Hey, Eddie, thanks for taking the call, Nico. I'm going to see you guys for the 18th time in Texas. You should get a watch. 20- <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Nico didn't get one for 35. Maybe you'll get one for 18 that's shows. Me,
4: that's
3: brilliant. <laughs> Good one, I'm Tim. going to
4: the 18th show on the Friday the 23rd here in Dallas, and I got a quick question yeah. for you. I've been a fan since the beginning of time. What what does what do a couple of fat fellas got to do to get backstage to get this age old Rothschild single signed from Japan that I've been carting around for
3: God oh my, uh Well, I don't know. <laughs> what kind of single is
4: it? It's from Japan. I got a white label promo, and I've been carrying it around since. Oh, God, since I was 12. So <laughs> I've taken it to every show I've been to, and I just uh, can't seem to... You know, I try to wear sexy stuff.
3: <laughs> work. Hey, have a sexy bird on each arm. That'll get you in, mate, I yeah. tell you.
4: You know, I didn't know if it was short shorts or a code word or anything like
3: that. But... Well, i I got to be honest with you. Right? We don't do... Uh... We're kind of old-fashioned. Uh, we don't. Yeah, do you guys meet and greets. Don't do the whole meet and greet? No, bed, we don't right? do meet and greets. Don't we, do the whole... we certainly don't do. I mean, we have a VIP trooper thing, but that's something that's totally separate from from the band in terms of uh, the VIP side of it at the venues. But we don't do meet and greets. We used to. Uh, we're kind of boring our farts. We we just get to the the venue around seven seven thirty. Some of the guys turn up about eight. Um. Uh, really close stage. to
2: the when you go on, actually. Yeah, yeah, and then
3: when we finish the show, maybe eighty percent of the band do what's called a runner, and they they head off back to various hotels. Um, you know, because sometimes we don't all stay at the same hotel. No reason that we, because we love one another, but you know. Everybody has I've had, their preferences. I ask myself, wonder why that is. I mean, there's three different hotels in New York, for instance. You, know? so, you guys are at three different hotels here <laughs> in the yes. city. Yeah, I don't know whether it's because one was full up and we, we had to. No, people have preferences. You know, um, uh, you, you know, somebody will go. Oh, well, I prefer to stay at that hotel. Uh, I don't want to stay where you want to go. Uh, and so uh, we have that luxury now where we can afford to do that. So, and when you say you yeah. do a runner. I was just what
2: show? I was just at a show, uh, I forget where it was, and I had hosted the show, and I was standing on the side of the stage, and the band came off, and there was maybe three to four minutes of just some. The lights stayed down, and some sound effect in the yeah, crowd, yeah. and all that. And uh, a friend of mine who was there with me he said, uh, "He goes, well, this is really going on, kind of long. Are they going to come back out?" I go nope they're in their cars they're They're in already (laughs) in the hotel (laughs) when they're clear of the traffic that's when the house lights come on and the feedback stuff everybody's out yeah so Uh, that's
3: the old elvis has left the building exactly exactly i mean the thing is that sometimes uh if we've got a flight to make say we're flying to another city after the show everybody will do a runner nine times out of ten on this tour bruce and i stay back because i like to have a a bit of protein after the show, and fresh, fresh juice and stuff, mm. and uh, have a shower. And usually, I'm there for an hour, and the traffic's died down, relatively yeah, yeah, speaking, yeah. you know. So, the the, the the main reason is if you're going to go and catch an aeroplane to the next city or something like that, and uh, if you've got a long drive over, you know, fifty, sixty miles to the to wherever you're going, right. So then we do runners, and that basically means you get off, you, you, I get off, I take my shirt off, I take my, okay, girls, I take my tights off, all right, <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen you on the website, you lot, ooh, Nico's got those tights on. Yeah, they're not tights, they're bicycle pants, you know, come on. Uh, People are I,
2: giving you shit about wearing yeah, those? Man,
3: I mean, come on, you know. Um, I just wondered if they're jealous, yeah, you know, I know, like thinking like these nice legs. In those yeah, whatever. I think that's it. So I whip them off. You're like, onto it. So I've got no skivvies on, girls. Uh, I play au naturel under that, see. So I take that, put my robe on, jump in the car, and then when I get to the hotel, I get out of the car, go and have a shower. <laughs> And so, already... you're
2: riding in the hotel in nothing but a robe. Exactly. See, you are a sexy man. Exactly. I'm telling you, man. i will let it all flow, flow
3: free, mate. <laughs> Nico McBrain is bringing sexy back to Iron Maiden, baby. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> We're not pouring old farts like everybody thinks. <laughs>
2: I'm on for like another 35 minutes. Are you good on Shipping time? Man, yeah, I'm oh, fine. Oh, this is beautiful. Yeah. Great. All right. Having a great Wednesday hanging out with Nico McBrain, talking Iron Maiden. More of your calls, more maiden talk coming right back. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, have you heard the news? Alone is back with a crazy new twist, and being together never felt so alone. Yep, the fourth season of Alone is back, but this time the rules have changed. Ten hardcore survivalists will still be dropped into the unforgiving wilderness but that's where the similarities with previous seasons end. These 10 participants are comprised of five competing teams, brothers, fathers, and sons, and a married couple who all have unbreakable bonds. And the competitors, whether well, they're going to be split apart and dropped off as individuals equipped with There are ten items, five each, in order to win the game. They must mobilize, find each other, and survive on the island together longer than the other competing pairs. Extreme conditions, perseverance, resilience, self-reliance. These are all some of the qualities that go into making Alone so special. It really is an unbelievable show, riveting, on your seat, shocking, innovative. You do not want to miss it. For the new season of Histories Alone, It is premiering on uh, June 15th, and it really is absolutely amazing. Check it out. you got to see this show, and you can see listeners, all of you guys listening here on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. We encourage you to tune in and check out alone all new episodes Thursdays, 10, 9 central, on History.
1: There's a whole lot of good things happening on the Podcast One Forbes network. Forbes U30 is a show about young innovators, disruptors and entrepreneurs. Like the minimalists Joshua and Ryan. electropop artists like Lights. CBS Search Party star Charles Rogers. The women of YouTube's Clever TV. Plus many more. And the Forbes interview is a deep dive into the minds of the folks who could be on the cover of the magazine. Like Tinder founder Sean Radd. Hero pilot Captain Sully Sullenberg. Moneyball author Michael Lewis. Pop star Jason Derulo. And the list goes on and on. Subscribe or listen to Forbes U30 and the Forbes interview now on the podcast one app apple podcasts or podcast one.com this is the eddie trunk podcast
2: we'll continue letting you guys talk to nico mcbrain as we talk iron maiden on this wednesday and again the iron maiden tour is uh underway here in america a couple dates already down playing tonight in newark new jersey they go out through it wraps up in, is Brooklyn in September? Yeah.
3: No, uh, July 21st July? Oh, and 22nd. Okay.
2: So you've got, uh, those last; those will be the last two last shows two of the shows, tour. Yeah. So yeah. it comes back, you start, you kind of start here on the East Coast and you end back here on the East we Coast, yeah. Yeah. but over the course of the next month or so, Maiden will be out there all over America, so go to ironmaiden.com for more information, and I think you're doing Canada too, right?
3: Yeah, uh, Quebec and Toronto.
2: So we're, we're on in Canada as well, so you guys in Canada looking for Iron Maiden, there's your dates, and good luck getting a ticket and getting in there and, uh, and going to see the guys let's get a few more people on this is steve who's in michigan he wants to talk to nico mcbrain you're on the air steve
4: hey nico what's up hi steve i'm
3: good mate how are you
4: good uh i'm a drummer and you've been a huge
0: influence on my playing when i first started out and even today as i'm still playing
3: ah thank you so much lovely thank you
0: you're welcome. Uh, I have a question for you. Yeah. The uh, the the Premier Sonar thing, how did that come about of you going back to Sonar?
4: And by the way, your new kid is awesome. <laughs> He's
2: uh, wearing a
3: Sonar T-shirt as well. Yes, a of fact. I have my Sonar T-shirt on. Oh, gosh. It's, all right. I'll make a long story even longer. This story is enough to make a glass <laughs> eye cry, believe me. Okay, real quick. I know, I know we've got lots of people, so I'll just try and make it short. Um, Premier, okay. basically, in a nutshell, Premier... Uh, UK decided to stop making British-made drums. Uh, it was a bit of a sad day when I, I spoke with Ken Tonkin, who's the owner, a few years ago, and uh, I said, OK, uh, in that case, I can't carry on with, with the company because I was using the hand-built um, drum set made in England. Uh, so uh, they let go of their staff, a guy called Keith Kehoe, or Keith Keogh, K-E-O-G-H. He was the main master drum builder for Premier. He's now making uh, the British drum company, making drums for himself. So uh, that left me basically without a drum company for the upcoming tour. So I thought, well, whom would I like to go and use? Because obviously I I could take my pick. You know, it's, it's very, very nice and a great blessing to be able to say, you know, Phone someone up and go. I'd like to use your drum set. What kind of deal can we do? So I had 19 great years with Premier. Sorry, with Sona before 22 years with Premier. So I went back to Sonor and we sat down and discussed the the the, the current drum set for the tour. Uh, lots of Amin and R in uh, because it's quite a unique ask to have a gold gold drum set such as the the, the beautiful uh, SQ2 that I'm using now uh they're nine ply beechwood shells um uh all square sizes as you probably know as you as you're a bit of a fan and uh sona and i uh had a wonderful chat and uh decided that we'd work together again and that's how that happened
2: there you go there's the story behind it let's go to utah right now and say hello to brian hey brian you're on trunk nation with Nico mcbrain
0: oh amazing love you guys um, Nico, I've hey, been Mike. a fan since the very beginning. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Um, what I really want to know is how close you were, and sorry to distract to the old drummer, no Clive Burr is my inspiration Yes, sir. the drums. Yes, sir. Well, uh, Clive amazing. and I, yeah,
3: Clive was a very, very, very close friend of mine, um, as, all were, as were all of the band. Uh, we first met in Belgium, funnily enough, um, which was on um, Iron Maiden's very first European show, and I was working in a band called McKitty, uh, which was a three-piece, uh-huh. and Charlie Toomer, I was on bass, Donovan McKitty on guitar, and myself, and we were on the same bill with Maiden, supposedly supporting Nazareth. Um, Anyway, um, that's another story. So I met them there. It was the first time I met them. Then I went on tour on the uh, Killers tour when Trust supported Maiden. And Clive and I became really, really, really very close, as I did with the rest of the band, uh, which then stood me in good stead for becoming the replacement when things didn't go so well for Clive.
2: There you go. Thank you, Brian, for the call. Much appreciated.
3: Uh, awesome. Thanks, Can't mate. we will wait to see you in Salt Lake. Oh, looking forward to it, bro.
2: Thank you, man. And, you know, a lot of times when I've talked to you about some of your favorite Iron Maiden songs to play live over the years, a lot of times you'll reference stuff that you actually didn't play on originally. Exactly. I've heard you mention yeah, stuff yeah. from the first three records. Yeah.
3: Um, I mean, uh, you know, 22, Prisoner, all those great songs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Clive's drumming was was. Amazing, and I we, we had a great affiliation together. You know, we had an, a drummer's affinity, if you like.
2: After you joined the band and replaced him, did you yeah. stay in touch? Did, um, you, did you? Or did that get a little weird? That was
3: a little weird. Yeah. He he. Uh, we kind of dis. You know, he wouldn't talk. He didn't actually talk to me for about four, three or four years. Because you replaced him? He, yeah, he was very angry. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. He thought I conspired, which is is the furthest thing from the truth. But I uh, the, the next time I saw Clive, funny enough, was at a my very first drum clinic I did for Piesty, which was in 1986. So it's about four years after I joined the band, for almost five years. And uh, I was at a drum show with John Eisman, uh, Simon Kirk, me... Uh, John Keeble from Spandau Ballet, right? Uh, and we did this, this big Piesty Symbol clinic. It was my first clinic. And actually, Clive was in the audience. Um, when we'd finished, uh, he was, you know, hanging around afterwards. as we were, had, we were kind of having a drink together. And I went up to Clive and said, how are you doing? And he looked at me and he went, yeah, I'm all right. And didn't really... We didn't break that ice. It kind of was, was pretty weird until he got sick. Mm-hmm. And then uh, tragedy took over, didn't it? You know, we lost him to MS. and uh, But we uh, the next time I really saw him was when we did our first charity event for him. And then, we t- w- you know, he was okay with me then. Mm-hmm. So we I kind of lost a friend through it. Wow. Well, I didn't kind of. I did. I lost yeah. a, a dear friend through it. Yeah. Um, and I guess that was one of the things that he really couldn't let go of yeah which is a shame
2: yeah absolutely who are the guys um who are the two or three drummers for you growing up listening oh, to that shaped your playing no. i mean i know you've probably talked
3: about this before uh, yeah, but it's... but as
2: far as from from rock players from
3: rock well it's uh, that that's a very easy easy answer first guy was ringo Starr, yeah uh, who, who was really made an impression on me uh, and then it was charlie watts and this is the order. And this is and interesting then, because yeah.
2: here you are, a guy that has a huge kit and yeah. plays in this real big, loud metal band. <laughs> oh, please. And it's your all... guys are guys that played oh, very oh, basic, wait small wait
3: yes. kit. Okay, so then, <laughs> then I went to... T- okay, so yeah, you're right. Uh, I always played a five-piece drum set until I joined Pat Travers. And uh, then that's when the big kit came in. But um, anyway, that's <laughs> another story. But it was... Ringo, Charlie, Keith Moon. Oh, can well, my, getting a little busier. My generation was just like, I was like, well, you know, it's, uh, oh, gosh, you know, I, just, I thought, where's this guy? I mean, the way he used to spin his stick around and just, you know, it was one of a kind. There's not been another drummer like it ever in my in my opinion, and then from there then the the wonderful great John Bonham mm-hmm. so those four guys shaped my plan, yeah, I kicked off originally watching Joe Morella do a drum solo in dave brubeck with the uh, with take five that 's what kicked me into this drum thing, but those four guys were the guys that with my stable of my, my heroes, if you like. Did you get to see them all play live? No, I never saw John play. Uh, Keith, I did. Keith actually kicked me out of the dressing room in 1974 when they did the Who Put the in <laughs> gig. So I actually got <laughs> Why? ejected. Why? Because uh, I insulted Daltrey. Because <laughs> <laughs> you what? <laughs> I insulted Roger. You insulted Daltrey uh, in yes, front of Keith and In front, he front kicked of Keith, he grabbed hold of me from the back of the scruff of the neck and he kicked me out the dressing room. What did you now say? Him? Do you remember what you I said? I said, he's a miserable MF. You can say it on. He's here. a miserable motherfucker. Yeah, and, and and Roger turned around and Mooney said, "You don't talk about our Roger like that." Out with you! Yeah. And he fucking grabbed me on the back of the neck and threw me out the dressing room. Wow! And we were so at Charlton Athletic Football Ground, nineteen seventy-four. Wow, that's amazing. I was playing at a band called Streetwalkers. And we we were on the bill. In fact, that the same bill was Little Feet did the uh, were on the bill, and it was their very first London appearance or uh, British date.
2: That's pretty cool to and say Low, that
3: loud George got bottled and somebody threw a bottle at him cut his head said Really? Right yeah. Yeah, oh it was it was brutal. It was three shows that, that it was called Who Put the Boot In. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> they were they, these were were outdoor events in uh, football, excuse me, soccer stadiums right. in England. One in London, one in Cardiff and one in Scot- in Glasgow.
2: I'm just thinking going back to thinking how cool it is to be able to say that Keith Moon threw exactly. you out of a dressing room. Oh, mate. Yeah. So you, I, you, yes. I mean do, do are you do you, do you talk to Dolcery now? Oh yeah. yeah do we ever we're really goof about that? Does yeah, it ever yeah. come up?
3: I, I uh, there's a there's a side story to it. Uh we did um, Steve and I did a um a, a, a thing for uh John McEnroe and Pat Cash called Full Metal Rackets. I don't know if you remember it. It was a I think it was for the Armenian kids. I'm not sure. It was something like one of those, I just situations. met McEnroe actually recently for the yeah. first
2: time. He was with Lars at the Metallica show oh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. When Lars came back into the
3: room, John McEnroe uh, was with him. Yeah, yeah, I met him. John's a, John's a great guy, yeah. and because and, you know, he, loved, he, he loves his guitar playing, so did Pat Cash. So, we, Steve and I did uh, Zeppelin's cover of Rock and Roll, and uh, we did a gig. <laughs> oh, gosh, it was terrible. We did a gig at the old Limelight in London on Shaftesbury Avenue. It's not there now, it's gone. And uh we were on stage. Anyway, we we did we, Steve and I did like two or three songs and Steve turned around. And McEnroe was out of his noggin. Oh, he was all <laughs> over the shop. He's running all over, he's drumming, he fell into the drum set. And Steve's gone, I've had enough of this, let's fuck off. I said, All right, mate. So we we asked anyone in the audience if they wanted to come and finish the gig. <laughs> right. So we go upstairs in a bar and and Roger up... Since I first saw him in the seventy three, and I've met him a few times over the years, and he always seemed a little bit offish with me, and he only you know, sometimes would say hello to me, and sometimes he wouldn't. So I pulled him aside, and I went out in the in the exit at the back of the uh, you know like the fire exit next to the bar, and uh-huh. I said, "Roger, I need a word. Come on outside. I want to have a word with you in private." And I said, you, "You you fucking pissed off with me or something?" Well, what do you mean? I said, "Well, every time I've seen you since that time at the, at the who put the boot in," I said. You've kind of dissed me, and, you know. What's all that about? He said, "Well, what happened at the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Uber, you know the, the Charlton gig?" I said, "Well, I insulted you. I said you were a miserable, a miserable bastard, you know, fucking whatever." And he, I said, and Mooney slung me up I said, "You still pissed off at me?" He said, well, "I was pissed off with you. I'd a debt you. <laughs> <laughs> So I said, "So you're not pissed off?" At me? He said, "No, I'm just a miserable old fucker." And that was it. So <laughs> then. After that, every time we've seen one, we, we, we're great mates now. Yeah. So you saw Charlie Watts, who, of course, is
2: still active yep. with the Stones, still yep. playing. You saw the Beatles?
3: Uh, I saw the Beatles when I was 12 years old. I saw them at the, what was there, what turned into the rainbow, Finsley Park. I saw them uh, with, oh, it was like everyone, Cilla Black, Billy J. Kramer, Freddie and the Dreamers, Jerry and the Pacemakers. I think they all did one song each. What year was this? Ooh, uh 1974 so Wow. Yeah.
2: So that was your only time seeing the Beatles. Oh yeah.
3: And I couldn't hear them. And you know what? The only the most long the, the, the longest the, the lasting memory was all I could smell was piss. Cuz all the girls were pissing themselves. Oh my and, god. And I, and this is no word of a lie. I you could look on the floor and you see wee. the girls were just they, were, they I mean it was nuts. You know, wow. and it, cause these days, you know, they didn't have they didn't have like massive uh PA systems, you know, right. they, were, they were sort of things that were just beginning to come into into, the, into their own in the 60s, you know. and uh,
2: Well, even that Shea Stadium you footage, you can't hear anything oh, no, but screaming. i
3: a uh, skinny speaker yeah, you,
2: you're in the middle of the outfield and there's this little column <laughs> of speakers and <laughs> yeah. 70,000 people screaming. What
3: did he say? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I saw them. So, I, How did yeah. you not, you said you didn't see John Bonham play? No, never so you saw, never I, saw I, Zeppelin. never saw Zeppelin play live. How did that happen? I don't know, mate do know, unbelievable, oh, isn't it? That is I, amazing. I, to me. I, I got drunk. I got drunk with them all at the the Roxy in LA back in the seventies. Um, I think it was about seventy six, seventy. It was before I was with. I was with Streetwalkers, and we we played uh, the Starlight Club, and they were in town, and we were on the same flight the next day going back to uh, to London, and uh, we went i went with the band to the roxy and set were in there and they had uh dr feelgood were playing and uh they were all big fans of of uh of the band so uh
2: there's a band called dr, dr. Feelgood. Phil, you didn't you know that no oh yeah. yeah oh yeah i only knew the way back no no that's where they
3: got the song title from no dr feelgood um uh, uh they were playing and uh we went up and i, I got drunk with john and. And uh, Robert and, and the probably guys, but mo- probably I never...
2: stumbled across to the Rainbow and went up in yeah, the annex there nah. <laughs> and some shenanigans what? up
3: the <laughs> Uh So yeah, they, they, you know, I never got to see him play live. That was one of the wow. You know, I was so sad that I never saw them. Yeah, I never saw them
2: with with John Bonham either. And and yeah. uh, you know, there was of course the O2 show. Did you go to the O no, two show no, like I seven didn't years go ago? To,
3: no, no, I was over back over in the states. Right. I wanted to go, and for love nor money, I mean, it's like give us a ticket. I'll pay for it, whatever you know. Right. And it was it was just nuts. Yeah. It was nuts. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'd love to have gone to to see that as well.
2: Some people have been waiting for a long time mm. here. Let's get John in New York on. Go ahead, John. You're on with Nico. Hey, John, your radio's turned up.
1: Hey, how you doing?
2: Hey, John, speak up. What's your question,
1: bud? My question was, what's Nico's favorite song to listen to from Iron Maiden?
2: Your your all time his all time favorite Iron Maiden song.
1: Right, just to listen to, because Ace's High is mine.
3: Is oh, that's high. nice. Oh, Where Eagles Dare, mate. Where Eagles Where Dare is that? his pick.
2: Where Eagles Dare.
1: Oh yeah, that's freaking awesome! I knew you were going to play that <laughs> drum intro too when you said it. Right.
3: Oh, yeah, yes, good isn't it?
1: <laughs> <Was> well, <laughs> and tell I can find him some good pizza. I've gro- I've lived in New York my whole life.
2: But well oh. he he's he's got a gig to worry about tonight, but maybe afterwards you can give him a suggestion uh, I, I for some eat, pizza. I don't
3: eat pizza anymore, mate. I'm watching watching the waistline, see? six eight six five eight six three. Thank
2: you, John, for the call. Much appreciated. Uh Carl in California. Go ahead, Carl.
0: Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure, man. I want to know, I was at the Big Four. It was the first time I ever saw you guys. Did you stay and watch all the shows, or did you guys leave right away? Because that was an amazing concert.
3: Um, first of all, I don't remember doing a Big Four. The Big Four? You're talking about Iron Ma- What are you talking about exactly, Carl?
0: I don't know. I've been drinking all day. Ah,
3: so. uh, well, you started early, mate. You're three hours behind us, aren't you? Carl, you got the wrong. Th- yeah, I think you. Yeah, Carl- you told, You told the wrong program, mate.
2: <laughs> you you may want to take a cue from what Nico did a couple of years ago. If you're calling yes. a wrong radio Stop show about drinking.
3: a wrong band, <laughs>
2: <laughs> go back and listen when you sober up to what we talked about in the first hour, and it may be a good uh, a good omen. There.
3: Uh, enjoy yourself, mate. Uh, Carry yeah. on, Carry Tim on. in
2: New Hampshire. Go ahead, Tim. Eddie Nico, Eddie? How are you? Hey, uh, we're
3: great, man. We're doing good, Tim. Thanks.
0: Uh, I just wanted to say hi. I'm a big fan of Iron Maiden since I was a little
2: kid. Also a big fan of that metal show. Sorry that it's gone. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm. So is my bank account.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so is my mortgage payment. <laughs>
3: uh, the missus can't go out shopping like at <laughs> she said, used to. Stay <laughs> off Amazon. <laughs> so how are you doing, Tim? What's your question, mate?
0: I just wanted to know if uh, you guys, did you have a favorite band that you toured with over the years?
3: Oh, that's a good question. I'm sure the rest of the guys have. Um... Coney Hatch, the night they got Co- drunk. Coney Hatch, yeah. They were they were great. Um,
2: Coney Hatch was a great band. They should have made it. They yeah. Unfortunately, they yeah. didn't. I just um, had dinner with Andy in, in Canada have, yeah. a month or so ago. Yeah. He works for Rush now. Oh, The band cool. Rush. Yeah. For years. Excellent. Yeah. Well,
3: I, I, enjoyed, um, I enjoyed Fastway, actually, when I came out in the early days. We Same had, tour. We, yeah. 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 Well, that was good fun. Uh, yeah, there's been many over the years, but I think probably Coney Hatch and Fastway were, were, were you know... Really good fun,
2: great bands. Oh, absolutely. that's awesome! Thank you, Tim. Appreciate nice, Tim. the phone call. And this is Jamie who is listening in Florida. Hi, Jamie. You're on with Nico.
0: Hey, man. How's it going? Nice to talk
3: to you, Nico. Hi, Jamie. Um, I
0: just wanted to hey, uh, I just wanted to say thank you for Rock and
3: Roll Ribs, man. One of the best barbecue <laughs> rib joints I've been in a long time down there in Coral Springs. Oh yeah, you're 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 due a free meal when I see you. Is this Mitch Tan <laughs> calling? <laughs> Well, is this Mitch calling us? I'll give you give that twenty dollars when I see you. See you. <laughs> Thank you so very much, mate. It's uh, it's lovely to hear uh, hear people enjoying uh our, our food and uh come in and see us. Thank you.
0: Well done. Well I I love the atmosphere too, man. I love all the
2: memorabilia yeah. on the on the
3: walls. That's that's nice, mate. That's Thanks what much, it's there man. for. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Jamie. Nick, have you ever thought of opening a second one or, or franchising it out? Is it something you ever thought uh, about?
3: Yeah, Mitch and I have uh, been talking to some people. Re- well, Mitch more than I because I've been away, but uh, there's a, a, a guy, a friend of ours, that's thinking of taking a franchise. Uh, Mitch and I have actually talked about finding a different location uh, and opening a second one, yeah.
2: Oh, okay. Well, maybe more uh, rock and roll ribs coming across the never country. Know, we'll
3: see. Do you?
2: cramming in a few calls here before we have to wrap up in a few minutes with Nico McBrain and wrap up on Trunk Nation for a Wednesday. Johnny in Pennsylvania. Go ahead, Johnny.
0: Hey, Nico. Great to talk to you, man. Hi, Johnny. I'm a big fan of Maiden since the beginning, and um, 1982 came, and you know I'm 14 years old, and I just got to see them open for Priest, and you know we get Kerrang! Magazine toward the end of the year, mm-hmm. and it reads, you know, Clive Burr out of Maiden. So, you know we're all 14 15 year old boys shooting our pants at our favorite band you know like yeah like, happening you know because uh-huh. uh, it's at, at that at that time the third lineup changed so um yes. a few months down the road uh we hear about peace of mind coming out mm-hmm. and uh this was back before you know songs leaked and all that kind of yes stuff. So we, yes
3: like, yes just, the good old we just, days we just
0: yes and we just bought the record went back to one of our houses dropped the needle and you know uh, within a matter of 20 seconds after the drum intro and the intro of where Eagles there, we just all had our jaws dropped. Like, <laughs> Thank you. We knew it was going like, to be okay. Right. Yeah. Johnny? <laughs> we were, I, that's exactly what it was. we all looked at each other without even saying it. We're like, we're going to be okay. This nice. So, and I, you know, I saw you on all those tours, world peace, mm-hmm. uh, slavery tour. And I just wanted to uh, mention one other thing. I always really love the humor of the band. Mm-hmm. Um, Mission, from
3: area is one of my favorite. Ah, yes, sir. I <laughs> Thank was you, there, Johnny. Eh? Thanks, Appreciate mate.
2: the phone call. I only have about two minutes left, okay. but but what? Where was your very very first show with Iron Maiden? You must remember it. The I'm very thinking, first I'm show.
3: Thinking it was at Ipswich Gomont on a Peace of Mind tour. Is that Scotland? No, it's Ipswich. It's near Norwich. Norfolk. Oh, okay. Do you remember uh, anything? Was there anything that stood out <laughs> from you <yes>. about it? <laughs> It wasn't good? No, I mean, it was like, you know, nerves. Nerves. Doing where Eagles dare opening. I'm like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think it was the Ipswich on. I may be wrong, but uh, that's that's sticking in my mind. And, uh, yeah, I remember uh, when Steve said, right, we're going to open, we rehearsed the set, and he said, we're going to open. I, I I wanted to warm up a bit before I had that big drum intro to do, you know. <laughs> in fact, I didn't really want to do it, to be honest with you, because it's a bloody hard song to play as well it's not as hard as power slave but uh i saw you at you know, nam a number of years ago and you were
2: doing a booth and the first thing i came up to i get a big hug and i go do eagles there because you were you were showcasing a new snare at the time Oh right, and yeah. i said play and you played it for me a little bit at NAM, uh, yes
3: yeah. yeah yeah um yeah it's it, it's uh it was i'm pretty sure that's where it was i may I, I may be wrong but uh that's the memory i have did you get a lot of rehearsal time in did you get to spend a lot of time
2: getting the set
4: um yeah.
3: God, I don't remember. I remember. It's
2: 30 odd years. It's half a lifetime ago. But it's the first show. That's a big thing. Yeah.
3: yeah. Oh, yeah. We did rehearse. We did rehearse. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, listen, man, um, I would grab some more calls, but we have to go. So let me remind everybody, the the latest Iron Maiden album is The Book of Souls. It's out there right now. Maiden are playing, contrary to reports you may have heard, in Newark, New Jersey, at the Prudential (laughs) Center tonight. And then they go from there across the country, wrapping up their entire tour in Brooklyn with two shows at the Barclays Center at the uh, end of July. Well, huge thanks to Nico McBrain of Iron Maiden. I'm so glad he was able to stay with us for the entire show So much fun to talk to Nico. Always a lot of great stories and just a blast. So I know you guys enjoyed that. Much appreciated. See Iron Maiden out there currently on tour in the U.S. if you can get a ticket to their current Book of Souls tour. Thanks to Katie Irizari. She's the producer of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. As usual, connect with me on Twitter, where I'm probably most active, at Eddie Trunk, Instagram, Facebook, at Eddie Trunk, and eddytrunk.com is the official online home. My blog is up there. You can also get music news updated daily by Dana, all the stuff you care about. Email me through the website, merch store, check it out, t-shirts and a lot more, and also hit the books tab for signed copies directly from me of either of my books. You guys have a great week. See you next Thursday for another all-new episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. And again, thanks to Nico McBrain and the Iron Maiden Camp for making this happen and... uh, That great interview we just heard with Nico McBrain. See you guys next week. Thanks.
0: You can listen to my show off the vine with Caitlin Bristow every Tuesday on Podcast One. Hear me take on taboo topics and unfiltered advice. I'll also be dishing with some amazing celebrities. Oh, and did I mention there'll be wine? So grab a glass and join me every Tuesday on Podcast One.com, the new Podcast One app, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts.